Welcome to this week's All the Way Down. This is episode number 14. I am Invictus Knox. We are here with... I'm Dash. That's Dash. Uh, we are talking not specifically this week about any like history uh, that we talked about last time, which is super interesting. I'd like to do that more. Um, I just I want to find some stories that I want to talk about, oh. too. I've got another really good one, but I, I'll need to do more research first to like refresh myself on everything. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I am. Uh, I just came this week prepared to talk about one of two games. Um, the first one I'm probably going to only talk about this week because I'm sure the, the game that Dash has in mind we could probably harp on for a little bit longer, even though I've never even played it. Uh, anyway, first, well, actually, you know what? Do you want to talk about the retro game or the new the new game this week? Oh, I don't mind. I thought it was a good idea to have you go first. Okay, because like... I talked the whole time last time. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So, um, I'm play. I've been playing a game called Knockout City. Um, this is a game that, on its face, you would probably think it's uh, you cut the the first thing that comes to mind when you see the logo of the game alone is going to be Jet Grind Radio or Jet Set Radio Future. It's almost like an entire. Not plagiarism, but like that's a, that's immediately what you see. It's it's like if it's like if uh, a new fast food restaurant restaurant chain came out and uh, had like the giant golden arches, but like their name was like I don't know <laughs> Marins or something. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, it's this is Knockout City, and it's nothing like Jet Set Radio Future in that uh, you are skating the entire time. It seemed like the whole point of that game was to uh, okay, so. Here's a little bit of a of a, a prefix. Damn it, what's the word? Prefix? That's not it. Uh, preface? Preface. There we go. Can't remember my words today. Uh, I didn't play either of those games yet, uh, except for about 10 minutes in a Target in a kiosk. Are you still talking about Jet Set Radio? I'm talking about Jet Set Radio, yeah. God, t- tell us about Knockout City. Well, I need to tell you about that to tell you how it's not like that at all. So Ugh. it's like a <laughs> imagine Tony Hawk with music. Well, Tony Hawk definitely has music, right? Yeah, and there's like graffiti, and you rollerblade around, and it's cell shaded, and it's really stylish, and it was on Dreamcast. We, we got, All right, we yeah. Got. So now take that, and then make it dodgeball, and okay. not really any skating or like the music doesn't influence anything. Like I'm pretty sure it does in Jet Set, or at least Jet Grind Radio then. Um, but dodgeball on its face, pretty simple, but it's actually got three like distinct. <clears throat> Maybe not three, but there's a couple layers of like uh, fucking rock, paper, scissors that you're playing here. And that's exactly why it kind of attracted me because I you if you approach this game from a fighting game mindset, you do pretty well because in I fighting need you to take a step back. Yeah, go ahead. What is this game? Knockout City. Uh, it is. Genre. Oh, uh, shit. Could could you define that? Um, it's. It's definitely a third-person shooter kind of game, but it's dodgeball. But imagine you have a little bit more movement mechanics than a t- traditional like shooter. And are you fighting against other people, or is yes. it a campaign? It's definitely multiplayer. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So we mm-hmm. got a online, I'm guessing, yeah, multiplayer yep. arena shooter. Yes. But you are rollerblading around? Nope, no rollerblades to speak of. Okay. Yeah, you're just okay, running around. It- but it's third person and you're throwing dodgeballs. Got it. Okay. I needed that like super base level. So back to what you were saying. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, anyway. Um, it happened. Essentially, 
you have different kinds of balls that will, you know, have different properties. They're essentially just we- like weapon types. Um, and then there's different ways that you can throw them. You have a lob toss. You have a spin toss. You can throw curveballs. There's a whole pressure system involved that kind of just like tells you how fast whatever ball you're using is going to travel to the other intended target once you've locked on. You can choose to lock on or you can choose to just throw. Uh, there's a whole bunch involved in just a, like a simple one-on-one exchange, which, by the way, it has a one-on-one mode. The traditional way to fight is 3v3. It's like a team KO kind of situation. And they got different kinds of maps where you can kind of... Uh, <laughs> kind of really just get to the like it's a, it's an arena shooter almost basically except you have a lot more dealings with the environment for cover because as you can imagine with a ball you're not going to shoot through most walls in an fps but a ball you can curve around like you can actually get mm-hmm. enough spin to say i'm going to hit the person in the most difficult to reach spot in the middle of this wall from the exact opposite side of the wall and you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can do it by With going. like ricochets and, and curves and stuff? You know, I don't think, I think making rick, adding ricochets to that game would make it pretty awful pretty quick because it's so okay. chaotic already. But no, there's no ricochets, but it's mostly just you're choosing like a lob shot. So vertical, kind of up with a curve down and then a horizontal, uh, you know, curve shot where you essentially those are the two special throws whereas the normal throw is you're just locking onto them and you're just, you know shooting it right at them the benefit to Got that it. is i think it is a slight tad bit faster traveling so most people will try to in you know if they encounter someone with a ball cuz you don't always have a ball in dodgeball a lot of times you're just looking for one you um what you'll do is you want to read any situation that you approach another player with with like the intent that you're going to get that ball out of their hands and then return it to them and hit them out. Um, <laughs> and it's all one-hit knockouts? No, it's two hits, except okay. for this great part, what I'm about to mention, is if you're scrambling for ammo, you know, a ball, you can't find one at any of the spawn points, say they've been taken or whatnot, you can actually go into a ball form and your teammate can hold you by your ass and throw you like a dodgeball. You'd be used exactly how you how you can be, um, but like you have a couple benefits to being in ball mode. A, if you're coordinating with someone, you basically have infinite ammo. B, uh, you actually get a wider camera angle view lens of the area than the, the normal player would in, in the in the you know first person mode it's not third person you know what i mean yep it it's uh it's so it's actually an added benefit if someone wants to team up and just be a ball and you know you can see where they're going you can see where they're coming from sooner um and uh another thing is when they charge you up here's another thing so when you're locking onto someone you're holding the mouse button or you know trigger whatever you're using to control when you're holding it you're trying to get a lock but when you're holding a player and you're trying to get a lock, you charge up maybe like one to two to three seconds. I don't remember how fast. It's it's a little bit faster than it should be in my opinion. But you will become a bomb in their hand, and their bomb the bomb will only go off once you've been you know thrown and lobbed, and you have a little bit of input of where your arc is going to be and where you're going to land on an opponent, uh, and then you can potentially get up to like three kills at once if they're all in the same area 
So it's a pretty big benefit to teaming up like that. And in fact, there's actually a game mode where you can all, there's no balls and you have to do that. But it, it creates so many variables of so many things that can go wrong or go right in any given exchange with just a single player, let alone three. So it's remarkably addicting uh, gameplay. How, how does it sound so far? Does it sound like something you'd what you try? It uh, reminds me a lot of a game that was super popular recently. Like a like uh, I mean maybe this was like five years ago. Uh, <laughs> Here we but, go. <laughs> but briefly for like a for like a couple months period, there was a game on Steam called like um, Robot Roller Derby Disco Dodgeball Whoa. or like something to that effect. <laughs> and people lost their shit over the game because despite just being like, you know, the graphics were dumb where you were just like robots playing dodgeball, yeah. it was like an arena shooter and people were super into it because it was fast paced and, you know, jumping around in the arena, throwing shit at other people. And it was fun. Uh, and, you know, people who really liked, you know, playing Quake back in the day and stuff were into having another, you know, game that was kind of similar to it with, like, quick deaths, but all based on, like, fast movement and naming and stuff. So I can definitely see it um, kind of having a similar appeal to that, but the wackiness with it, with, like, curve shots and throwing another player and stuff, that kind of reminds me of stuff like, you know, like Wind Jammers or, like, Lethal League and, you know, Man. just games that... <laughs> are, are like not so you know that's a great comparison uh, i i can't believe i didn't think about wind jammers but yeah it's it's a lot like wind jammers and how you choose to to attack in a certain way yeah yeah so yeah it it, it sounds it sounds interesting i'm not much of a multiplayer guy but like mm -hmm. uh you know what you're describing though sounds like a fun time yeah i mean i'm definitely a multiplayer person for sure so i'm glad we have that balance but this game the reason I ask if it sounds like it'd be fun is because I think to most people it does, if, especially if you're into like arcadey kind of games where you have multiplayer and shit like that. But this game, the art style is... <sighs> I want to say terrible, but it has really good elements, actually. The level design is great. Nothing wrong with it at all. It's got this very, like cell shaded art deco kind of feel to it where like you can kind of tell when they were taking influence from like the visual aspects of jet grind radio jet set radio future etc they were trying to make it so like you uh as like i don't know like a hip-hop themed kind of character are in this very like conservative new york like old style construction so it's an already like an artistic contrast right off the bat and your point is to explore the level and spread you know your like actual art influence by you know tagging stuff in that game but in this game it doesn't seem to have like considered that aspect as much as part of the gameplay is rather than just the fucking multiplayer which honestly who cares at that point because it's fun as shit i i do recommend everyone play it but the art style alone is like man i could uh, the character art is like I think there's probably a term for this, but I don't know it yet. It's this art style where everything is kind of samey. It's like that real samey, like, teen, grown-up Pixar look. You know what I mean? Um, oh. Now, are you 
Is it like Fortnite graphics? So it's kind of like Fortnite, I guess. Ooh, but, okay. But with less character variants. Like you, you get, you get. There's not a very robust character creation uh, tool, and and you know I'm not one to be upset about that sort of thing because I will lose an entire week in a character creation if if I'm allowed enough time to. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do like just games where I can sit down and get right in the action. But like, there's not like a character creator where you have you know, it all works off an inventory system. Except for like the like the male quote unquote female quote unquote form, um, it, it works very hard to be you know not use any kind of gendered language at all on the in the game you know whatever it, if that bothers you then you know play the game it's fun but the actual art of it is like that kind of territory and what you'd expect very like I want to say Life is Strange but I'm, I know Life is Strange has like realistic kind of graphics from what I remember it's it's like. Like Life is Strange would be more comparable to something like Last of Us versus Man. The... Yeah, I, I remember it being a little in the middle where like it wasn't it wasn't going for overly stylish, but yeah. it also wasn't going for photorealism. Um it was just kinda you know it, it, I, I could say or I could see it being like they were going for the photorealistic, but had realistic budget for an indie title, you know. Yeah, I'm and looking at that. And didn't just too. plug in a bunch of lighting effects and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm seeing that. So this is like, this is definitely going to be that, and then take the knob that says cell shaded, and then crank it up a little bit. So I like cell shading. There's nothing you know? wrong with cell shading. I love cell shading. Yeah, but it's like that. Not that kind of art style. Man, I wish I could name a game that I cared enough that had this kind of art style in it so I could give you an example. But it's All like right, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna type knockout city into Google images while you you go on. Yeah. So the character creation tool works off of like an inventory system. So there are a couple different faces and they're so wide variety that they don't look like <sighs> Man, it this is really going to come off sounding like I'm bothered that I can't like be more masculine in the game. There's no facial hair options in the entire game, but like there's all sorts of like hair that's different color and all this sort of thing. Like the quote-unquote masculine form and the quote-unquote feminine form. Well, the masculine form is just a bigger feminine form kind of with slightly more broadened shoulders if that makes sense. So it's like every everyone kind of looks samey. There's not really any distinction between the characters aside from what you unlock in the game. So it's like is it, I can I can be this like 50s like greaser gang like leather jacket kind of kid with like a pompadour uh you know, you know, uh hairstyle. And then you'll be fighting a team full of people that looked like they worked at Mondo Burger from, from Good Burger, like wearing those weird, like silver, shiny jumpsuits with all the lights on them and shit. And it's like either, okay, that guy is going to destroy us in this match or that guy paid the 30 bucks to get all these extra loot boxes and crap because that's definitely how they're modeling their their unlock system is, yeah, you can play a little bit here and there and you'll unlock an item here and there, but you know, you could pay for all these loot boxes and yeah, you know the story. Okay, so yeah, you're saying that like it's a game that really restricts your ability to express yourself unless you've unlocked a bunch of shit or paid, which you might have had to pay for because does it do the loot? I'm sorry if maybe you just said this, but it 
it does the loot box system yes only loot boxes no not only loot boxes no not only okay so that's another thing that it doesn't bother me that much because of that but uh you pointed it out really well actually you said it doesn't let you express yourself yes but in a way that almost makes every character feel like they're over expressing themselves because every character is extra as fuck with all the accessories the the, mm-hmm. the hairstyles the the light up clothes and everything which whatever i don't care it's a fucking arcade game it's supposed to feel fun and bright and colorful i don't give a fuck it's 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 really just artistically not my thing except for the level design level design fantastic Um, sure yeah so i'm looking at a trailer of it right now mm. and i'd say like at least in my opinion or my definitions of it i wouldn't call it cell shaded at all yeah i think it looks identical to fortnite this i'm looking at this this looks exactly like fortnite it does look to a a very annoying degree (laughs) (laughs) like the graphics itself look very fortnite but it's the character art specifically that you'll kind of just notice what I mean. I'm sure you can make characters like these in Fortnite instantly, but mm-hmm. I, I don't play Fortnite. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at just looking at this trailer. Uh, I can totally hear exactly what you're saying, where this gameplay looks super fun. Yeah. And boy, do I hate what the what the art style looks like. That's that's <laughs> that's my bone to pick with this game is fuck its art i don't oh my god like even the the, a lot of the stuff that you're meant to enjoy about a game like this the whole point to make your character look like it it knows what the fuck it's doing or having a great time doing it either one and then all the options that you get in the downloads are or not downloads but like unlocks all of the options are just dog shit ugly for the most part for the most part um like stylistically, it looks like fuck. Uh, what's that artist's name? Of course, that I'm blanking on now. But um, don't believe me. Just watch is one of his names. Uh, Bruno Mars. Take Bruno Mars. Put him on a potentiometer on the gauge of a video game development company, and they cranked it on, cranked it right the fuck off. <laughs> that's what the that's what the art is like. And also Fortnite. I agree. But yeah. I, I guess I didn't have a whole lot to say about that. It's fun as shit. Uh, I, I mean, just I'm gonna say like the one on one, one v one, is so ridiculously intense because like, damn it, I was gonna. <laughs> I knew this was like a Fortnite thing, but I I attribute it to PUBG. But in the one v one, time does count down, and the less time, or the more t- the more time that goes by that you don't spend taking off hp your opponent there's a big pink laser net that closes in on the map area and you can't go out of it unless you want to start losing hp very rapidly Um, yeah so it forces you to get closer to your enemy until you know you're for sure in the same place at some point yeah and i had this great 1v1 standoff on uh my favorite level is uh it's like it's like a burger joint place like galaxy burger that's what it's called um Take uh, take Pizza Planet from Toy Story, make it a burger shop, and it's round, and uh, you got this place with an arcade inside it, too. Um, it's two levels, though, in the center, in the giant burger-shaped restaurant, and the map had closed around the burger. We had lost the ability to travel up and down the floors because the thing was closing in so slow, and it got to the point where the map was literally just closing in a circle around me, and I just had to stand in the circle, and I was looking. We had this Obi-Wan Kenobi 
Darth Maul moment where we're just looking at each other in in the barriers and seeing who's going to fuck up first. Well, you know, they fought each other once it opened, but we're looking at each other that way. I'm looking him down through the glass floor. He's looking up at me. I have two points of HP, which is a full health bar, and he's only got one point. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, it's just a waiting game now. Um, and then there are situations where that can happen, and you somehow still maintained a lock on that character through the window through the glass and you lob a fast or slow curveball up and right at the correct angle outside of the door out of the level bound so it comes right back up and hits him oh like the boomerang and black dynamite basically (laughs) i haven't seen black dynamite man i really wanted to actually was that good oh it's like it's excellent um also, the moment you said Galaxy Burger, I've been thinking about the Tom Green show ever since because of the one where he makes his car into a spaceship and then he's like <laughs> acting like a space person or an alien or whatever and he's at a fast food place asking for a Galaxy Burger and some space fries. Anyway, I I um, so your story that you're telling about the closing in, that happened in PUBG or Fortnite? No, this happened in Knockout City. <laughs> oh, yeah. because I thought you were just talking about some other story, and now you're going back to Knockout nope, City. Nope, okay, so that was all Knockout City. Right, That that's why 2HP was a full health bar. All right, that makes sense now. And gotcha. it also said curveball, too. <laughs> well, when you went to the curveball, yeah. I was like, okay, now we're talking about what this would uh, Yeah, oh, I was no, following no, no, your story no, no. weirdly. Sorry, no, I, I, I explain the stories poorly. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, so about yeah. the art style, you know, it, the, talking about it kind of reminds me of another game I've been seeing recently called Biomutant. I haven't played it, but I've seen a little bit about it. And that game also is like, the, when I first saw the trailer for it, it's like an open world game where you play as like a animal, an anthropologist, Morphized animal, you know. Yeah, um, so it looks it looks like a little raccoon, right? Yeah, yeah, and you, you there's a little bit of customization to it, right? Where you can be like a fighter or a rogue or a wizard kind of thing, you know, or ra- maybe it's ranger and there's not magic. I don't really know, but it, it um, the, you know, I, I watched this trailer and I kind of liked what the guy was saying about it. You know, they were saying like because they were name dropping, and I wish more more game trailers would name drop where they were saying like, yeah, you know, we really like uh, uh, Breath of the Wild. And, like, we want to make a, a an open-world game that's kind of more like that, you know? And I'm like, hey, that, you know, that, that sounds good. Um, and, you know, they, they, they kind of went through, like, oh, it's this open-world game where you're going to have a lot of choices and you can build your character in different ways and, and all this kind of stuff. But, good God, I'm looking at this trailer and I, I hate this art style. Like, n- really? not only... Yeah, not, not just... Not just the art style, but a lot of it is the menus. The menus ah. and like the interface looks like Fortnite. And I'm wondering if this is like gonna be a thing now. Uh where you know how you know how the PS3 generation everyone like kind of jokes about how everything was brown? That whole generation <laughs> was just brown. I feel like we might be Wait. getting into like the Fortnite generation now where everything looks like Fortnite. Why was everything brown? 
because everything well a lot of it was because everything was post-apocalyptic but then the other part of it was that it was photorealistic you know like games games just generally looked more realistic if they were more brown a lot of the time you know what i mean i can see Uh, that i guess taking examples of like gears of war and fallout 3 uh metal gear solid 4 you know all games that like had very good graphics well maybe not Fallout 3 so much uh but were also very very brown you know fallout 3 was very fucking brown i know yeah that, so yeah it makes, makes <laughs> sense um yeah I, i'm looking at the menu here and it looks like they chose to do this weird tilt slant with the text kind of like how they do in persona except it's not slanted in the way that personas is with the menu yeah yeah like everything's kind of italicized or not quite you know lined up with the frames of the screen and whatnot it's like you're not looking at the right viewing angle or something yeah i don't have a ton to say about biomutant i just you know i saw the trailer and i was like eh, you know it sounds okay but it also sounds like the kind of game that if i i'm real picky with open world stuff um but you liked it though right so I haven't played it. Oh, okay. Um, You're yeah. just talking about the I, art style. I, yeah, just talking about the art style. And then I, I did watch someone play it a little bit on Twitch, and I thought the combat looked real bad. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to bother with it. But, uh, hey, it's it's out now. I would encourage people to look it up for themselves and check it out because it looks like something that if it's your kind of thing, then maybe you'll really like it. But, yeah. I, I Yeah, I, I just I, I like that Knockout City is a – a success story for for me because usually especially as a person into fighting games if the art of something is bad when it comes to fighting games it's just way more bad than it would be in other games i think but in general art typically well maybe not even art just you know the way shit looks uh it's got to look good if it doesn't look good then i typically don't it doesn't grab my attention i'm not saying it's bad but like there, then there are games like Knockout City where I think just look kind of dog shit, dude. But they're so much fun. So I like success stories like that. Um, yeah, do you know who made the game? Yeah, so it's a, I know it's an EA game. I think it actually may be just straight up EA. Um, oh, that's surprising. I think it says it's Well, a, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an EA original, actually, is what they labeled okay. it. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure... I know it's in the Epic Store. It forces you to use the, not the Epic Store. Damn it, uh, EA's Origin. It uses you to. Okay. Forces you. Oh, to use you Origin. have to get it through Origin. No, so it's on Steam, but Steam okay. launches Origin. <laughs> oh, I hate that shit. Yeah. yeah, like you know, some Steam games will launch UPlay or Origin oh, or whatever other thing. UPlay's way worse. To launch them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I got a free game recently for, like, a, a giveaway that a streamer was doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And when they sent me the code and mentioned it was a Uplay code, I was like, eh, maybe just, maybe just give it to the yeah. next person. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't deal with Uplay. Take that shit <laughs> out of here. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was going to say, I, God, the worst, though. I think, man, the worst had to be Games for Windows Live. Do you remember that? So I have one positive thing to say about Games for Windows Live. Okay. And it has to do with Fallout 3 again. Oh. So Fallout <laughs> 3 had this really bad habit of crashing any time that you tried to alt-tab, you know? 
and this carried over to New Vegas and and Oblivion and stuff. Just Bethesda games in general. That Gamebryo engine hates being alt tabbed. You know, Gamebryo. it'll just crash when you Gamebryo. I'm but pretty I... sure that's the name of the engine that like Fallout Three and Oblivion and Skyrim and New Vegas are on. Is, I thought. Oh, okay. I didn't. I've heard Gamebryo before. I didn't think that was that engine though. Mm. I, I I could be wrong. I think so, though. Anyway, but the point is that the engine that all those games are, are on hate being alt-tabbed, and uh, and you you end up uh, uh, crashing your game all the time. However, if you hit that home key and you opened the Games for Windows Live interface, then you could alt-tab out of the game, do whatever you wanted, alt-tab back in, it'll go just fine, huh. and then you hit the button to exit it. It made it so you could do that. So hey, cool. And That's so, the one good thing I have to say about it. Other than that, it was horseshit. I, hate it. <laughs> I was going to say, a Windows feature works with a Windows program. Who would have thought? Right. <laughs> hey, it makes the game behave how it should in this one particular way. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, that's not a common thing where Windows things work with other Windows things. Not all mm-hmm. the time, anyway. But, um, yeah, all right. So, Knockout City, success story, awful art, great gameplay, go play it. Um we uh we had a retro game to talk about on this retro podcast. That's right. I've been playing The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons, which is less retro than I thought it was. This fucking game came out in like 2001 or something. It came out after Majora's Mask. What is up with with Game Boy Color games coming out at Game Boy Advance time, man? Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, uh I right. So so Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons uh, is a Zelda game for the Game Boy Color, and it looks a lot like Link's Awakening, right? Most people are familiar with Link's Awakening and how that game generally looks. Uh, Oracle of Seasons looks very, very similar. Um, but it's on the Game Boy Color, and so, you know, it, it, there was Link's Awakening DX that worked with Game Boy Color stuff, mm-hmm. so it kind of looks more like that. But in general, this game looks a little bit more impressive than either of those. As in, like, you know, just I, the Game Boy Color seems to have some neat things to it that I didn't know it had. Just where there's there's some nice visual effects here and there oh, yeah. uh, on on top of it just being in color. You know, like the opening cutscene, for example, looks really, really good. Um, yeah, yeah, I was so, watching you stream that, and I saw that, and I was like, "Whoa, this is Game Boy Color. This is great. That's fantastic." Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, um, you know, it plays a lot like Link's Awakening, except just everything about it is better. <laughs> so uh, I'll give you like the brief talk about Link's Awakening, which is that that is kind of my favorite Zelda. Uh, partly because I'm very nostalgic for it, since it was like the first game I ever owned. Um, and how it works as a Zelda game is that it's kind of clunky and kind of tedious because you can equip, it's, it's not like, uh, the NES game where B is always your sword and then A is whatever you switch it to. Uh, it is more like you can change B and A and you have to do that all the time. Uh, so like you can, you can change what is equipped on B and you can change what is equipped on A for two different things, but that means that you don't always have a dedicated sword button, right? So you pretty much have B on sword most of the time because you're fighting things pretty often. Uh, but the thing that makes it kind of tedious is that like 
any time that you want to pick up an object, you have to equip the power brace. Any time that you want to jump over a pit, you have to equip the jump item. Uh, and, and that's mainly the thing, is that those two items you're having to flip around all the time. Ew. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, there is a lot of, like, pausing, equip the other thing, unpause, do the action, then repause, go back to the thing you wanted and unpause, right? So that you can get past one obstacle. There's a lot of that. And then there's one more thing that makes it very tedious, which is that all of those objects that you can interact with in such a way have this blurb of text that pop up should you ever accidentally bump into them, you know? If you, like, press link into a rock that you need the power brace to pick up, it brings up this text box that says, like, Wow, this object looks heavy. You'll need a special item to tackle this obstacle or something like that. And, like, it has to type it out, and it's Game Boy, so the screen in the text <laughs> box is tiny. So it's, like, four lines of text that you have to scroll through in order to do that. Every single fucking time that you bump into a rock, you know? Uh, so, like, that kind of thing with the game is extremely tedious. But, but, it's a great game because... The thing about Zelda is that Link's Awakening was only the third Zelda game, right? I want to say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was the third. Ze no, no, it came out after Link to the Past. It was the. Did it? I think so. It came out in like 93 or 94. Uh, and I I'll think Link to, the, Link to the Past was like 91. Anyway, um,. The thing about Zelda 1 and 2 is that they don't really have puzzles so much as they have secrets. You know what I mean? So, like, there's a part, like, for example, maybe there's a part the in... Yeah, for Link's Awakening. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so, so, like, in Zelda 1... There's like a room where you need to push a certain block to reveal a staircase, right? That's not really a puzzle. That's just like a secret. You know what I mean? Yeah, it came uh, up after Link to the Past. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. um, versus like a series of blocks that you need to push in a certain sequence in order to like get through the room, right? That's more of a puzzle. And Zelda 1 and Zelda 2 don't really have anything like that. But Link to the Past does and Link's Awakening do. So those were the games to me that like actually brought Zelda into these games that had these cool puzzles in them, you know, and dungeons where you had to like really logic stuff out. And I thought that was really fun. Uh, so yeah, like the dungeon design in Link's Awakening is really, really good. And the world map is really great. Uh, it's just got those bits of tedium to it, you know. Oracle of Seasons is like Link's Awakening, but they made everything better, you know? Like, the visuals are a bit better. Uh, the soundtrack is a, about the same in some areas, but it's got a couple dungeon tunes that are just bangers. Hmm. Um, but then, like, they got rid... First of all, they got rid of... Uh, they made text scroll faster. So now when there's those text boxes, you can just mash through them and they go much quicker. Great. Also, they made it so that like you don't get the you don't get the wow this is heavy text box unless you push into a rock for like a, for like a half a second, you know. Wait, wait, wait. So, so this is are we talking about the upgrades in Oracle of Seasons over Link's, Link's Awakening? Awakening? Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they kind of took all the little bits of tedium 
and they made them better by having it be like you don't accidentally trigger these text boxes all the time and when you do trigger them you can get through them a lot faster but then on top of that just the map design is really good and the dungeons are like real real good just like very good puzzles i think i i think this game like it 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 uh walked the line really perfectly between it's not too easy to where everything feels like a chore because it's so obvious to figure out. You just have to do it and it's time consuming. So it's like doing your fucking chores, you know? Mm. Uh, but it's not too hard where like it's, it's where you're just like stuck and you know, then you see the solution to the puzzle and you're like, Oh, that's stupid. You know, nothing like that. It's like right in the middle where it's just a really decent challenge. Well, there's, uh, um, so this is the cartridge that is mostly like gold with red text, right? Like red accents, Oracle of Seasons. Uh, well, it is mostly red with gold accents, but yes, it's red and gold. Oh yeah. Okay. And so then, there's a twin game, isn't there? That's blue yes. rather than red. Which That's game is right. that? That's right. There is, that is the Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages. Oracle of Ages. Okay. Uh, which I haven't played yet. So I'm also glad that you brought up that these games came out in Game Boy Advance time because the deal was, what I heard, is that uh, the other weird thing about these games is that they're developed by Capcom and not by Nintendo. And the oh, story yeah. with that is that Capcom got a deal with Nintendo to make three Zelda games. So they made Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, and there was apparently going to be a third game and it was going to be like a trinity, right? Instead of, you know, instead of like the Pokemon Red Blue thing. Um, well, I shouldn't even compare it to that because Oracle of Seasons and Ages are two totally different games, yeah. apparently, with like totally different dungeons and stuff. Okay. Anyway, anyway, point is, uh, they were supposed to make three games. However, the they kind of ran out of time on Game Boy Color, right? They By the time both Oracle of Seasons and Ages were out... They wanted to make a Game Boy Advance game for the next one, you know? And that became The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap, which is the Game Boy Advance Zelda game made by Capcom. There we go. So, yeah, that's kind of like a little interesting tidbit about it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't have, like, a ton to say about the game except that it's really good. And, like, if you're a Zelda fan, it is not optional, you know? Like, this... Because the thing is, I feel like a lot of people haven't played Oracle of Seasons, and maybe I'm projecting because it was just a game that I was never interested in when I was younger, even though I loved Link's Awakening. For some reason, this game was just like, eh, there's two of them. Eh. You know, like, for some reason, the fact that there were two of them just seemed like, you know, well, I'm never going to be able to get both of them, so, <laughs> eh, whatever. We'll just skip these ones. Well, it's um, funny you say that. I, I When I see... When I hear end of uh, of console life cycle and then also Zelda, my my immediate thought was, oh god, how much is this game now after you know the pandemic and whatnot? Oh yeah, yeah, and it looks like there definitely was a goddamn jump right around like twenty twenty. Actually, yeah, it went it went straight up at the twenty twenty mark basically, um, and it is currently fifty two bucks for just the cartridge. Yeah. Yeah, um, complete in box. They are both over a hundred dollars. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't even look at that. I was like five hundred dollars. I was like, fuck that. I didn't even yeah, think about well, the, uh, complete in box Nintendo games, man. So Game Boy, I got into it, man. It really? was like, yeah, Game Boy games. I I got to get in their boxes nowadays Whoa. because it it started with uh, Mario Land. 
You know, it started like four years, four or five years ago. I was like, I'm going to get Mario Land because I had those games as a kid, but I don't have them anymore. And I looked it up and, oh, you know, the uh, complete in box, they weren't very much. So I was like, yeah, you know, okay. And then I got a few more Game Boy Advance games in their boxes, and you know, just because it wasn't that much more. Um, I, I, ha- I actually found my childhood copy of Golden Sun and Pokemon Fire Red which were in their boxes. So I'm like, shit, I guess I'm a I guess I'm a box boy now as y- far as you Game saved Boy your games boxes go. as a kid. That's impressive. Uh only well, yeah, yeah. Actually for Game Boy Advance, yes. But the Game Boy games, I don't even know where the Game Boy games are anymore. I don't know what happened to those. What you made know? you save them back in the day? Because like, man, that was like that's a fucked up mentality that put in my in my head as a kid was all the boxes are just paper, so throw them away. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I I think um, I just liked them. (laughs) You know, I liked the artwork on them. Uh, Golden Sun was a game that came with like, well, you know, there's like the manual and the map and all that. I actually, I actually, though, I I hung the map on my wall. So it wasn't just to keep, wasn't just to keep that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I guess as a kid, it was just that like, I had a spot in my closet to put the boxes. So I did. And then they survived. Uh, the Golden Sun one kind of barely survived, though. It got crushed. It's it's that's what it's I was not in say. good condition. When it comes to <laughs> collecting boxes for older Nintendo games, I feel like you're spending so much money and you're not even getting like the longevity of like a Sega Genesis clamshell box that'll survive a nuclear <laughs> bomb drop. You know, like yeah. they're all, you you put them together and they're already already squishing and deforming. You know, uh, I well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not crushing them, you know. I'm not dropping any yeah. nuclear warheads on my collection, right? So, Boy, I do one, all the time. <laughs> nowadays, once they're on the shelf, you know, then they're then I'm not too worried about the about their health, because uh, yeah. it'll be good there. But yeah, so Oracle of Seasons is like, um, I I I think it's one of the best Zeldas I've played. I just really really liked the dungeon designs and the and the puzzles and uh the writing too like it was funny there was a lot of really really great dialogue uh especially there's like an underworld that you go to where all the people are like taking baths in in the lava and uh and like they eat the lava and stuff and they're like they're those cute little designs that you love where they're like hooded but they got glowy eyes in the hoods you know and (laughs) one of them uh, goes on a yeah, yeah. One of them goes on a date with you and everyone else is jealous, you know. It's it's good stuff. Like very humorous game and and yeah, I just kind of really liked everything about it and I'm I'm really excited to play Oracle of Ages now. I'm going to give it a minute though. We're going to slip a Castlevania game in there first, but uh but yeah, I'm very excited for Oracle of Ages now cuz Seasons was real real good. I was going to say it's um it's it's not surprising that Capcom made a good game, uh, especially yeah. at that time. It is. It's surprising to me to learn that Capcom had the license to make a Zelda game, because how many times did Nintendo realistically do that with their mainline IPs, especially something as big as Zelda? They have Rare making Donkey Kong. Um, you know that. And Donkey Kong is not even... It was. Donkey Kong was a massive IP for Nintendo, but realistically today, yeah, he's a Smash character. But, like, in... Well. In, hmm? Well, with Zelda, 
Uh, they actually oh. did. Sorry, I they actually did license another company to make three Zelda games already, Whoa. and that company was Philips, and it was a goddamn oh, yeah. disaster, fucking disaster. So it, it it is surprising that they did it again. Yeah, I was just about to say, hang on, because that was definitely before this happened. But I guess Capcom just has that name behind it. Philips wasn't doing right. shit at the time. Philips was making CD hardware. They weren't like providing you know they they approached phillips for for a reason of we need cheap cd players for our console not really yeah. like let's make a good game but yeah i <laughs> i wonder man could you imagine the meeting uh the meeting w- between phillips and nintendo going down in a certain way where it's just like phillips just rails a line of coke in the bathroom like we're gonna get us a fucking Zelda game out of this deal, <laughs> <laughs> and it worked somehow. I don't, I don't know. They tried something, got burned. But man, Capcom, I guess at the same time was still making platformers because they made Shantae in two thousand one um, on the oh, Game Boy yeah, Color, and that was Game Boy Color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's what made oh. me like wonder why the fuck this game came out in two thousand one if it's a mainline Zelda game. Yeah, but I need to get into these Zelda games, especially the Game Boy ones, because Game Boy Game Boy is my favorite hardware just because of how much you can do with so little. You know, um, so. Oh, shit, I lost it. Uh, It was about About those Philips Zelda games and about Capcom. Wait, Capcom had it has something to do with that? (laughs) No, no. Uh, Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so the games that Philips made, the uh, uh, Wand of Gamelon and the Faces of Evil and Zelda's Adventure. I'm not sure about Zelda's Adventure, but I know at least the other two, those actually got released on PC recently. Yeah, that's right, they did. Yeah, you no longer need a CDI or an emulator uh, to play those games. They they came out uh, very much in their original form, for better or for worse, on PC. And uh, you can play those now, so that's kind of fun and cool. Yeah, but why would you just, do that? Why would It's you just buy... a nice piece of history, that's all. Why would you buy that game on... Uh... A PC when you could just go to Craigslist of some city 200 miles away and pay $300 for a, C- a Philips CDI <laughs> that doesn't work to get it get modded extensively and then maybe three months later you'll play the worst Zelda games imaginable. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do it that way? <laughs> That's the way I kind of wanted to do it. I that very often. Man, that was the way that uh, Game Grumps actually played that those games. They... <laughs> They actually bought a Philips CDI. <laughs> like I remember the this the skit specifically starting off with Dan going, So so Aaron's not allowed to touch the the wallet anymore or whatever, because guess how much money he just went out to spend? And it turns out he spent a lot of the money mostly because the Zelda games are expensive on there, but like he got the the third game, Zelda's Adventure, was that it? That yeah. was the one that was actually never even finished, right? Because like Phillips at the time was like, uh, this shit didn't work. And like one of them, I don't know. Not, one I, of them was like a re- later release. It wasn't the full game. Hmm. Interesting. All I really know about that is, is just that, uh, AVGN did a, did a series of videos about it. And, and Zelda's adventure was on there. And I know he did it on real hardware as well. So yeah. Well, they, yeah. As, they did as it on... far as I know, it came out. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, they did it on real hardware as well. It's just I don't. I'm just remembering the third one. Whatever the third game was, was the one that was like half a game. <laughs> okay, you you're saying it came out. It was just. It just seemed like it was unfinished. I think so. In my gotcha. incredibly unresearched uh, opinion. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. All, all I know is that they came out. And they're all garbage. And Zelda's Adventure is the one that's like top down and is trying to be more like a traditional Zelda game. Oh. While the other two were like side scrollers, more like Zelda 2. The unfinished but, oh, one was God, a side scroller. I, I dare. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I dare not uh, compare them to Zelda 2, though, because Zelda 2 is actually fantastic. Yeah. There's, there's um, other things I've got my eyes set on when it comes to the Philips CDI, if I can ever find one. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Have you. <laughs> Have you ever seen the... This is actually from the Game Grumps. They were like, let's put the CDI to work. So they got a golf game. And the golf game is narrated by Eugene Levy for some reason. (laughs) Does that name sound familiar? That's very strange. Okay, so you know who he is. I think so. He's an a- I know he's an actor, mm-hmm. and he was like a teacher, yeah, right? He, he's in been a, a teacher show. in a couple things. Um, was he in Boy Meets World or Saved he, by the Bell or something like that? I don't think he was in Boy Meets World, but no, no. This is the guy that was in American Pie as the dad. He has the really big, bushy eyebrows with the thick glasses, uh, yeah, short, dark yeah. hair. Um, typically, like the Jewish dad, quote unquote, role he he played in. Was he on like SNL or something? I'm sure he's definitely been a or, couple times. Or no, okay, okay. This it doesn't really matter. But all all I know him from is is he was on some kind of It's important of, that like, you know sketch. his voice though. <laughs> he's on like some kind of sketch show and I just remember them announcing his name every week. Eugene Levy and I was like, "Wow, that's that's a fun name to say." You got his that's it. That, accent down that, pretty much. Imagine a golf game being narrated by that and dad jokes from like the 70s. Okay. And the golf game <laughs> it's it almost is like RNG at certain points <laughs> about whether or not you get a hole, but every stroke of the ball well, first of all, every hit of the ball is like one anim- one animation, maybe two, or two different like sets of animations, and then uh, every possible outcome of where the ball can go in on the mini golf map is its own video that plays. You will never have a oh. different result. <laughs> it's an FMV. It's an golf FMV game? golf game. <laughs> Ooh, that's <laughs> and. Watching Game Grubs, watching watching Aaron actually lose his mind after the 58th same recording playing, no matter what input he puts into the stroke, is 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 one of the best forms of therapy I've found on YouTube. Um, oh boy! So the Philips some, CDI is something I want to explore. Some genres cannot be done in FMV. <laughs> you know what I saw one time that I was surprised though at how well it worked. Have you ever heard of the game Mega Race? No, I haven't. Uh, it's pretty silly. It's like a racing game, but it's got like a Running Man kind of style, like uh, or, or Smash TV style uh, announcer. You know? Oh, okay. <clears throat> like a big personality that's like running yeah. the show. Uh, man, I wish I could remember the guy's name because he's really funny. Um, but uh, What's at least called? the one that I Mega Throw? Uh, Mega Race or Mega Race. The one that I saw, the track was FMV. 
So you were like a 3D modeled car and all the oh. cars were 3D models, but the track moving was an FMV that played at a speed depending on how fast you were driving, you know? Jeez. Uh, which, yeah, it was real weird, but hey, you know, it it looked pretty neat back then. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, so, well, the FMV games were impressive to me because I didn't understand what I was looking at. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was just seeing an amazing, well-programmed graphics game. Um, but, the okay, so Mega Race is, little, is a fictional game host. His name is Lance Boyle. Which is a okay, yep. hilarious name, I guess, for the squeezing of a pimple or you know doing away with. But yeah, and he he looks kind of like Doc Brown or Christopher Lloyd. Oh, is it okay. Doc Brown in Back to the Future or is it just Doc? Uh it's Doc Brown. I'm pretty sure. Yep. And okay. Okay. Christopher yeah, Lloyd's yeah. the he actor. Looked, he's got like a little bit of a Christopher Lloyd energy to him, you know. But it's hilarious uh, that you say that, my friend Tyler is like he can do the most perfect impression of christopher lloyd because he has the face and everything it's crazy but it, in a in, in a racing game it, well you're right because it's got like a smash tv like kind of i vibe to it mm. you know maybe, maybe i don't know i've never seen death race but i imagine it might be kind of like that anyway i've got another thing to to mention Ooh. uh because because i'm kind of already done talking about zelda zelda is uh Oracle of Seasons is real good and everyone should play it because it's like it's one of the best Zelda games I've played and I've played most of the Zelda games at this point. I'm way more um, into it after you told me it's a lot like everything about uh, uh, Link's Awakening, but better. Yeah. Uh, so I I watched the uh, the Mortal Kombat movie the other day. Which one? The uh, the first one. Good. So you watched the great one. So, you know, it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Um, when's the last time you've seen it? Uh, actually, a long time ago. I have it on VHS, and I do plan on streaming it now that my retro tank can do a VHS. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to watch yeah. it soon, but I still remember it being, like, as a movie, objectively better than all the other ones. So I haven't seen any of the other ones, so oh, I can only speak treat. to it. I can only speak to it just as a movie. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw Annihilation when I was a kid. All I remember is there being a part where like Liu Kang is like in a steel ball thing, like going through the, like a volcano or something. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I remember. Uh, but I watched the first one the other day, and I don't know, man. It's funny. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> because, it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> well, it, it it's interesting because like it really seems like there were people involved with that movie that were genuinely trying to make a good movie, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the performances were good, even great. Uh, you know, a lot of the writing was good in that it was like, yeah, they're making a movie and here's their idea for the plot and here's the characters they're going to follow. Uh, and you know, all the scenes make sense and shit, you know, but it also see, oh, and being a Mortal Kombat movie, there was a nice emphasis on fight scenes, you know, mm -hmm. but there was this very clear vibe of it's a kid's movie going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was PG-13, firstly. Somehow. And it, re 
And it really just felt like a kid's movie. The way that like a lot of the writing was done and oh, yeah. uh and just how like tame everything was and and like the dumb fan service and also like just some of the things were real embarrassing to look at. For example, <laughs> For example, Reptile. Reptile was like a goofy CG lizard for most of the movie. And let me tell you, the CG was was by far this movie's weakest point. Oh, absolutely. Like, sometimes the CG was done because they wanted to do like a big camera shot of like, look how cool the places that they're in, you know? Uh, And so there would just be a really terrible looking green screen of them, you know, and then the camera pans out and wow, look at the CG. It looks okay, I guess. Uh, But, but when you got to shit like Reptile, the lizard man that was like jumping around, he, it looked straight up embarrassing. It's like I was, I was physically cringing and feeling very embarrassed that i convinced my girlfriend to watch this movie with me Um, how do you think i feel as a reptile man (laughs) i have never had a good like it's a meme in mortal kombat history that there will never ever be a good accurate adaptation representation of of reptile (laughs) it was bad uh but then there was other stuff too though like when scorpion holds his hand up right and like and like the thing comes out, the hook comes out, but it's like a little dragon head or something. Yeah. That thing was CG terrible. and looked fucking terrible. Awful. Oh man! Like Ma- mostly uh, so- because it would never, it never actually supposed to have. It was never supposed to be a little demon with a with a mouth. It's cool that they tried to emphasize it for the movie, but it's always been a ninja spear on a rope or chain that is thrown forward. It's never been, uh, happens at 10 minutes in animation, and then, like, somehow you're just going to get hit by that. (laughs) Yeah, and this kind of thing is, like, that, and that's the kind of stuff that that was, like, screaming kids movie during the, during the the viewing of it. Um, And then some of the other stuff was, like, I I think that they okay. I mentioned the fan service. I think really the thing with that was just that they did it too early. And what I'm talking about is it was like the very first fight where after they fight, Shao Kahn says flawless victory. You know, and I I I just I think first of all they said flawless victory too many times. You know, it they should have kept it to once and they should have saved it. The other thing Agreed. that they should have saved was the finish him because, um, man, I, I'm forgetting the exact details, but I, I felt like there was one scene where they they did the finish him way too early. Did you say at Shao Kahn said that, by the way? Uh, yeah, am I? Well, so I'm trying to to make sure you're not thinking about Armageddon because, you know, he's the boss of Armageddon. He's the boss of Mortal Kombat 2. It's Shang Tsung who's like the wizard sorcerer guy who takes guys' souls and he becomes you. I am thinking of Shang Tsung, yes. Because Shao Kahn is the guy that he can do like the the fireballs going forward and then the fireballs that's coming Shang back. That's Shang Tsung, actually. But yeah. they're coming out of the ground. That, that's Shang Tsung. Uh, Shao Kahn's the big dumb oh. idiot with a gigantic green hammer who can like charge you at like lightning speed and then 
throw a projectile. It's the only projectile in the game. You can't duck or something at that point. Okay. I get some of these names a no, little it's okay, confused. Yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, Shang Tsung is like the main baddie from MK1, MK the movie. You're right. Okay. So anyway, I I, I felt like uh, they they did the finish him, or maybe it was the opposite where they didn't do it at the right time. So a- anyway, there, I, think, I think there's a scene early on where like, uh, one of the combatants is against uh, a potential ally. Is it Katana or Liu Kang? They're meeting him for the first time, and he's like, "Finish him!" And it's just like, you know, like, no. It's like, who is this guy? Maybe he'll help us or something. I'm. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I, that's what I remember. Are you talking about that early kind of scene? Uh, yeah. Gosh, I wish I could remember now, but it's been a few weeks. We really are a the, podcast of old grumpy man. Can't remember the I shit know, we're even trying fuck. to complain about. <laughs> it, it's like uh, I, I think with the finish him, it was like there was a there was one part in the movie where it was really dramatic that mm. someone was gonna die. Yeah, I think it was because like Goro was fighting him or something, and they didn't do the finish him at that part. Like, that should have been the part where they're like, oh, no, our friend is getting beaten up in the fight. And then the and then the main bad guy is like, finish him. And then as an audience, we're like, oh, no, you know, but they didn't do that. But instead, they threw it into another fight where it didn't matter because, Aww. like, the person that they were fighting wasn't someone that we knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so there was something like that, you know, I don't Hollywood know. I feel magic. like they... Yeah, they 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 missed the mark on a few of the on a few. You have to admit phrases. though. You have to admit. Uh, oh shit! Hang on. I hope I'm thinking about the first movie where uh, there's a scene that's mentioned of sunglasses. Does that sound familiar to you? I mean, Johnny Cage is one of the main characters. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Does something happen to his sunglasses? Do you remember? Maybe. Okay, then I'm not going to spoil you, it. It, it trying, might be the movie after. Are you after. trying not to spoil it? Yeah, I don't want to oh, spoil no, the just movie say after. It. Just say it. I probably just forgot. Well, there's a golden scene. like the, the Honestly, like one of the crown jewels, if you'll excuse the expression, uh, of the movie is Johnny Cage uh, starting his fight off with Goro. And uh, it pulls the glasses off his face and crushes him in one of his many hands. <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. just like... Those were six hundred dollar sunglasses, asshole! And then just like drops down in Johnny Cage fashion and just socks him right in the nuts. Yeah, like yes, that yeah. was in the movie. Okay, so that was I the think. first movie. I was just making sure. Yeah, yeah, Goro is in it. What's interesting is that so the movie has a whole bunch of terrible, embarrassing CG, but mm-hmm. then Goro is like stop motion. He's done he's, totally he's stop motion, by like but a he's also um, he's also actual S or special effects makeup too. Um, I okay. think I'm pretty sure there's a dude in that suit, but y- actually, hang on, stop motion. I'm thinking like claymation. It really <laughs> looks like stop motion. Well, claymation and stop motion it, yeah. are like super similar. Yeah, except no clay. Except there's definitely probably clay in the special. Anyway, it was done really well, though. I agree. Um, except he's really slow because you, he was. Ha- I feel like the way that they shot it forced it to be kind of a slow scene, whereas Goro's actually a kind of fast, terrifying fighter. Um, yeah, and I I wouldn't go so far as to say Goro looked good. He just looked a lot better than the CG stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah, comparatively, I should have said. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, to praise the movie though, um, I I really thought it was a good idea to have it be like, all right, our main characters are gonna be 
like Sonya, Johnny Cage, and Liu Kang, and to some degree Raiden, you know? Uh, like, the, it, it was a, a good idea to kind of focus on, I think it was just the cast of the first game, right? Because then there was Reptile, Kano. Was Goro in the first game? Uh, Goro is a boss, yes, that you, is a sub-boss, um, like Kentaro is, is his brother in, uh, in, in Mortal Kombat 2. There's Goro as the sub-boss, there's Shang Tsung as the boss, you can't play those characters. Reptile's a hidden boss, so he's not a playable character in the first game. In the first game you have Scorpion, Sonya Blade, uh, Johnny Cage, Liu Kang, Sub-Zero, and, uh, uh, Kano, and... Is there another one I'm missing? That might be. That might actually be it. Um, okay. Pretty sure. Because I really like. I, I guess. Oh, Raiden. Raiden. Yes. There we go. Thank you. Um, and that's seven. So there must be an eighth. But uh, but anyway. Um, so so what I oh was Jax in it? Jax was in two, not in the first one. Okay. Because I think Jax was in the movie. But other than that, I feel like. I feel like that's the only character that wasn't in the first game. Jax was definitely or, or, in the second movie. I don't I don't remember if he's in the first. Okay. But, but if I, Sonya's I, there, she's definitely probably looking for Jax. So yeah, he's probably in the first movie too. Yeah, like Jax was mentioned or something or, or yeah. uh anyway, point is though, I really did like how they kind of kept the roster pretty small and uh and focused on a few characters as the protagonists and the the um it seemed like everyone was trying to make a good movie and the fight scenes were pretty great like i you know there were a couple fight scenes where like whenever cg was involved it was shitty you know but when but when they did just do like a martial arts fight like there's a really good fight scene between johnny cage and scorpion where it's just a few minutes long of just like good choreographed martial arts uh there's a part where they're like up on these scaffolds right and johnny cage is do it does like a gymnastics thing where he like jumps onto a bar you know and then like flips around it and flips off of it to grab another thing to get up high you know? Yeah, man, and he does all his own stunts uh that 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 was the actor doing his own stunts no but johnny or, cage or is that the joke stunts. of johnny cage <laughs> yeah oh okay um so yeah, I I you know I I really liked the fight scenes and uh, you know overall just having Liu Kang be kind of the main character and it being about like his brother or whatever you know that they, they, yeah they, did a, they, they needed did a good that job because Liu that. Kang otherwise is pretty boring story wise like uh, even mm. even uh, Ed Boon I want to say Ed Boon said himself he's always hated Liu Kang because he's always been kind of the f- the entire point of that character was to be the intro easy character to get, you know, you can do the basics of the game very well with Liu Kang. Um, and if you know how to you just get a little bit of timing down and you're golden, he's easy to play. Mm-hmm. He's the, he's that character. Um, so in, uh, in many instances, he's always been the main character with like almost no story. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. there's not much to really focus on him because everyone knows it's all about Scorpion versus Sub-Zero and maybe you have a, you're a cool character here and there that you're into after that. Um, and and so in, in the first movie, it does a really good job of laying out a really good narrative for Liu Kang. Um, having uh, 
everyone's just got a bone to pick with the sorcerer of the first tournament, of course. Um, but it, it it played it out very well. The the second movie, Liu Kang, was pretty boring. Like it was. Gotcha. I'm yeah, not going to yeah. spoil it, but he's not really the focus of that movie, while entirely being the focus of that movie. <laughs> I, I also liked that he was played by the guy who I only know as the brother from uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> if you I've remember never that movie. seen that. What? Oh, okay. I've seen Beverly Hills Cop and I've seen the Beverly Hill Billies, but I've never seen Beverly Hills <laughs> Beverly Hills Ninja. Oh, it's a Chris Farley movie. What really? Oh shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, look, it's it's not it's not a ten out of ten movie or anything, but if you if you like. Chris Farley physical comedy. Uh, it's it's got some. It's worth watching. I, it's got some yeah. really good stuff in it. I'll give it a shot. Is it as an older movie? Is it out on VHS? Yeah, you'll find you can find it on VHS. Yeah, I mean it's a Chris Farley movie. Yeah, I'm gonna buy it if I if I see it on VHS. Um, I'm going through this analog video thing. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. um, this uh, the the mm, damn it. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. The actors who they picked for those two characters, Shang Tsung and Liu Kang, both really good actors. Um, I don't, I don't know why they didn't cast the same actor for the, for Liu Kang in the second movie. I can't remember why, but one of the things that they did in Mortal Kombat 11, the newest game, which I still haven't played, but I still think this is a badass. They got the original actor from the first movie, uh, Mo Captain, like you know, his face modeled in and everything as as the older Shang Tsung now, whereas he was the younger Shang Tsung back then. Mm-hmm. And that's the cool mm-hmm. running thing with Shang Tsung is he's a shapeshifter. He's always he'll he'll be an old hermit style kind of wizard guy to make you think like oh it's just a homeless person or something, but actually he's insanely powerful. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know in the game they. In the new game, they have the ability to make it so he looks like the old Shang Tsung or the young Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat One, or the you know the movie, and it just it looks badass. I wish they had done that with a few more characters because there's, ugh, I don't want to go too far into Mortal Kombat, but man, they had some gold character designs that they just threw in the fucking garbage for this new game at the same time. Like mm. Melina is. The purple oh. female ninja character. Are you talking about like the redesigns for nine being really good, and then they undid them in eleven? No, uh, no. The way that that kind of went was nine just brought Mortal Kombat into the new new 3D era, and uh, they wanted to make it classic looking at the same time and made it look good. Mortal Kombat hmm. X was uh, where they took. They they threw that concept out the window and they said, here's how they would look really realistically with redesigned, more modern ideas of these clothing types and such like that. Um, also, looked great, in my opinion. Uh, Reptile got the shaft, but I'm, I'm used to that. Um, That's interesting, though, because I, I remember them looking really different in 9, at least like Air Mac. Right, he was like very spiritual looking, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, You're just talking about like, like the, the kind of clothes they wore or something like that. Well, you, I, I mostly played yeah. them as their classic ninja outfits, so they were just the palette. Oh, swap. okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember them looking different in nine, and I really mm-hmm. liked what they did with all their redesigns. Yeah. So Mortal Kombat X, though, like more, nine nine mm-hmm. Melina was okay. Um, mm-hmm. you know, ima- nine Melina was what I would imagine a 3D Melina from Mortal Kombat two to look like. Um, so I was happy, but then 
Mortal Kombat X Melina came out, and they designed her entire mouth area is the coolest fucking shit I've ever seen her. Honestly, if you can Google it, I I, I encourage it because like it was a it was not just like her mouth was like an eel mouth that opened up with with rows of of tiny needle teeth like she's been in the past. Her or it wasn't just like f- gums with like metal claws grafted into them like a magazine ad depicted once I saw it was real nasty. That's how they depicted Baraka I think too, but this was just like those that's a that's a human really crossed with with like Tarkat and DNA. She's got the jaw teeth coming out like wisdom teeth in the wrong area of her mouth. And while her mouth is fully kind of like detachable, she doesn't really do that that often. And you can kind of mm-hmm. see that she's got this really like like hey that looks painful to exist with. <laughs> but at the same time, they made it look like her characteristic arcadey, like hyper seductress kind of styling as a, as a female antagonist, but also with the terrifying teeth. Speaking of terrifying teeth. <laughs> gotcha. So yeah, I'm taking a look on, on Giggle here. And okay, so I see what you're saying about Mortal Kombat X Melina. And then Mortal Kombat 11, they just kind of gave her like the wide mouth. They with, get like they all. I mean, they yeah. also changed her face entirely. Like the, I thought they were gonna do, like I thought they'd keep the face models the same. But it looks like Melina is not only like a different design of her mouth, but she looks like an entirely different character. You know, save for the obvious like clothing. And, and yeah, yeah, I see that too. And I was totally. super disappointed. Yeah, she with looks that. like a different person. Yeah. I've never been unhappy with Shang Tsung, though. So Shang Tsung just got cooler in this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, man, fighting well, game, go. fighting game characters that like, I don't think Mortal Kombat was ever destined to have a, a a deep, immersive, good, dramatic story. It was just never meant to happen. It's always been the most ridiculous, cartoony thing it could be because that's how the characters were started. They're like, well, we could just do. You know, a couple guys wearing karate geese or whatever, and and fighting. Or we could make every one of these characters play have a have a special attribute about them and make them just ri- ridiculously different looking and like unique. And I say that, but they definitely palette swapped a character to make a whole other character. But you oh, know, sure. they made them just hyper like unique as their own character, I guess. And then they also added all the gore into it, so it was never meant to be like a super serious thing. But it's always cool mm-hmm. to see when they actually succeed in trying to make it realistic. Like before Mortal Kombat X came out, I want to say um, they had a, a series of YouTube videos um, that they released, and they were like supposed to be a teaser, little episodes to tease a new potential TV series that's supposed to be live action or or a movie. Um, Spoiler alert, that didn't happen. But the the teasers, teasers that they did were fantastic uh uh adaptations to to real life because like I think the coolest one was um was Raiden. So Ra- they, they didn't change Raiden's character at all. He's actually still just a thunder god except when he bolted down, he bolted down in some field, all right? And that field happened to be the recess area of a lunatic asylum. <laughs> So mm-hmm. he comes in there kind of almost naked and wearing nothing but the rest of it is just white. 
he's in a lunatic asylum uh and they go who are you you're unregistered this is crazy you this looks like an escapee we need to get this guy back in so long story short he meets a friend in his like you know in his cell and every day is like i'm a thunder god and they're like take your medicine and like hold him down when he gets pissed off and like you know straps him to the table and it's like this whole horror movie kind of aspect of what would really happen in a situation where a thunder god came to earth we'd most likely see him as a homeless person and and think he's crazy and that's how we dealt with that so we like they just like essentially like start just drugging him up to just sedate him all the time because his rage is getting stronger and stronger and it turns out it's because his lightning powers were returning to his human form after he had you know transcended universes to come there and uh one day he is just like i think they he they almost escapes this lunatic asylum and like they beat him down or some shit and He's like, I can't do this anymore. So I think he actually kind of, it's really dark. I think he actually kills himself in the movie to go back to where he was to just try again to come back to Earthrealm. And that explains a delay in uh, him finding Liu Kang, who's often doing this other thing. And it, it goes into deeper other character aspects too. Like Reptile actually got a decent uh explanation for the first time ever it was i I wasn't crazy about it but at least it works and they they explained him as a uh like like a reject kind of guy who was born with like harlequin ichthyosis so already he's kind of fucked from this from birth not an actual reptile but you know that was like his name like his his name like his monster street name or whatever and now he's just pissed and rarsh shao khan we'll make this plot work later and then never makes the movie so okay that's never explained but it was a cool try you know what i mean to see trying to get a serious context from mortal Kombat. so speaking of raiden uh i as far as watching the first movie goes he was the character that i kind of could i could not take him seriously the highlander you didn't like him so I've never seen Highlander. Neither have I. Um, and uh, but yeah, there like I I did have to look him up later because I I I liked that he was ridiculous, you know, to the point where I looked up who it was later. I was like, who is this guy that they got <laughs> as Raiden? Because he's he was silly. The only face um, of Raiden there ever should be ever again. <laughs> yeah, he's just like a he just had like a really I don't know if you call it raspy his voice. I don't even know. He's just oh, like he's yes, kind of talked like this. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, <laughs> what, what made that guy you think know, that's Raiden's voice? <laughs> uh it, but like that I've never seen Highlander. I don't know. Does he always talk like that? Oh man. I don't know, but like I there was a Mortal Kombat live action TV show a couple times. Like it was, it was on and off. I think in the nineties, uh, not good. I don't recommend watching it unless you really just love Mortal Kombat and want to watch something hilariously funny and and bad. But uh, I want to say he was in the TV show a couple times. I, I can't okay. remember, but I think he I, he's always played Raiden like that. But it never bothered me. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it. I just thought it at first. I hated it for the first like minute, and then I and then I accepted it as like, okay, this is gonna be silly, uh, and and you know, then okay. I could get behind it at least a little bit. Yeah, okay. So it was not actually uh, him playing Raiden in the TV show. The TV show was Mortal Kombat Conquest. It was only twenty two episodes, one season. Um, 
and uh, it was played by a guy named Jeffrey Meek. Jeffrey, okay. he also played Shao Kahn in that. Uh, I don't think there's anything else here I recognize. But anyway, yeah, Mortal Kombat is just ridiculous in every iteration it's ever been in. Oh, I've got one more uh, topic to bring up because that's Mortal Kombat. There you mm-hmm. go. I there watched go. the movie. That's what I thought about it. Uh, just as a short aside, this is about the C bomb thing that we've been talking about. You know, ooh, is there nothing? So, yeah, Sony uh, made a statement about it. Well, sort of. Not really made a statement. Basically, a lot of people wrote in like customer uh help tickets like a bunch of people made tickets with sony about like hey this is an issue we think you guys should solve it you know and uh, a lot of those people got back an answer and the answer was sony said "Eh, our engineers uh couldn't replicate the issue and that was their answer they just are excuse me yeah uh i i wish okay let me may, perhaps i can find the actual did uh, they try pulling they the said. fucking battery out at least right right it's it, it's 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 a total brush off 100 percent, just a brush off because yeah for sure there is no way when when given the exact circumstances that caused the exact issue and we've seen people do it <laughs> Uh, they're not able to replicate it. Get the fuck out of here. That or they didn't try it offline. Um, I, you know, dude, it's which, this, which is the whole fucking point. So, was there an update to that, or was that just the most recent update? That's the most. Okay, I found it. Please accept our apologies for the length of time it took to get back to you regarding your query about the functionality of the CMOS battery within the PlayStation consoles. We greatly appreciate your patience while we looked into this. I'm glad to be able to confirm that after extensive testing, SIE have been unable to replicate any issues with the CMOS battery. I hope this clears things up, but if you have any other questions, <laughs> please, please feel free to get back in touch. There's some dickhead at Sony who either knew and didn't care or was just, not, I guess, not translated well to and Someone said, CMOS battery's fucked up, and he... Takes. I'm just imagine I'm taking like a multimeter to it and getting the voltage he needs out. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it, I, I I should mention though, it is also possible that this is a hoax. That they that this is a fake oh. thing that people made up. Because like I'm saying, it's not like it's not like it's on PlayStation's blog. It's not a statement. You know, it's just some people have posted a picture of like here's the response email that I got back for opening a ticket for it. You know, and they could have just made it up, right? Maybe. That sounds but like I, a pretty plausible brush off, though. I hate to say. Right, right, yeah. Like if it's fake, yeah, sure. That sounds like what you know the way that it, it would be. It would be written. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's funny. Well, that's I don't know all. about you, man, but I am not buying any of these consoles until that shit gets resolved. I don't care about owning a PS5. Well, first of all, a lot of people don't care about owning a PS5 right now. Did you see this? Uh, okay, I'm not gonna name him by name because I'm sure I don't want anyone to dogpile on this guy because everyone's wrong all the time. Literally all the time, including me, all the time, especially. But this guy was like, essentially on Twitter, complaining that uh, that fuck two new games that are like a, a big IPs are getting PlayStation Four ports, and this yeah. guy is like, then this guy's basically, why don't I buy a PS Five? Why don't they believe in generations? Quote unquote. And it's mm-hmm. like this guy's upset that more people get to play games that they either can't. 
Okay, let's just talk about why it's extra fucked up right now because there's still a, a chip shortage nationally and internationally that still prov- that still makes PS5s somewhat harder to come by. Mm-hmm. People are still scalping them. Um, and, and he's he's like, this should be only on the thing that I work to pay seven hundred dollars for on Craigslist. <laughs> other other people yeah. need to suffer for me. <laughs> just like, come on, guy. Yeah, video games come out for multiple generations. You know, Destiny was on PS3 and 4. Persona 5 was on PS3 and Super 4. Super Mario All-Stars on Super Nintendo. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a little different, but if we go the Nintendo route, you got Twilight Princess. Yeah, Twilight Princess. GameCube and Wii game. You know? uh, and then we have the um, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild is on Wii U. Yeah. Uh, like, it's a, it's a very common thing. It's very, very silly to hear like i was surprised when i like clicked on that message that post that you're talking about and mm. saw all the comments of people agreeing yeah like it wasn't a stupid. lot of comments like, at all though uh right um but yeah i was very surprised to see to hear people whine about the idea that some <laughs> ps5 games are going to come out on ps4 because i don't know it's like it's not it, especially because the PS4 is so much more similar to the PS5 than consoles have been in the past. When you say that Destiny came out on PS3 and 4, that's a way bigger deal because those systems are so much more different. While the PS4 and 5, I know that this is reductive, this isn't 100% correct, but it's very much more similar to it being the same build, except they disabled some features like some, Mm. they disabled ray tracing and pulled the graphic sliders back a little bit. And there's your PS4 version, right? Uh, Oh, I thought you meant coming. Never mind. I thought you meant the other way around. Right, right. Yeah. I'm saying like the PS4 and five are so much more similar of systems that, it's way it's less work than it's ever been to make cross generation systems or games, yeah you because know? everything is a PC game now fundamentally yeah. even if you have to program in a funny way to be Sony exclusive or whatever it's still yeah I agree it's we are so far past the day where uh, where one company is going to use one radically different sound chip so every game is going to sound like that's a that's a game exclusive to that console. Uh, mm-hmm. hardware is the best of the best and really it's just a marketing decision at this point where what, what specs get into what console at what point in time yeah and it's a marketing decision in large part as far as like how are they going to release the systems mm-hmm. right like because yeah if they if they made it ps5 only then that gives the message to everybody that like that that it's Sony done. Is done with done yeah. with the PS4, you know, and I don't know if that's necessarily what they want to say right now, especially like you're saying because you know a lot of people can't find PS5s. Also, how long was the lifespan of PS2? Like into mm. PS3, there. I, I say this all the time. Last PS2 game was made in 2014, <laughs> which is yeah, definitely after the PS4. No, three, three came out. So it's like yeah. it lasted so long. It, it, uh, it's such yep. a dumb um, take, man. <laughs> right. The PS5 has been out for less than a year. So, you know. And that's it for the people who can even get one. Yeah. Uh, so, right. It's, it, it, you know, it's silly. Do you think they're going to um, fix it, though? Do you think they're going to fix the C-bomb? No. If they're not, 
and Microsoft fixes it, that's where I'm going. I need an I Xbox at that point. I don't know if Microsoft will fix it either, but uh, but yeah, like like I'm not saying I don't want them to, of course, but I'm just saying like realistically, pragmatically, and somewhat pessimistically, no. I think about think it this way, it. though. Think about it this way: if Microsoft in their Xbox consoles doesn't fix that, what? I'm just gonna say it's probably. If it becomes an accessibility issue and it becomes easy to tackle, I think it's going to be way easier to pop an uh, an Xbox game into a PC and get some kind of weird software patch and just play it on a PC eventually, you know? It might oh, could, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's just structurally, right? Because they already have Microsoft. It's all one company. It's not even like you'd have to co-op too much. Yeah, uh, that I you know I guess I, I kind of have no idea as far as that goes. I know what you mean though, but I think the only thing with that is if they're on NTFS on their Xbox discs. You know, I feel like that would be the only determining factor there. You mean NTSC? But, uh, no, the NT file system. New, oh, you're actually um, talking about file system. Okay, yeah. Is yeah, it is that different from Xbox? Know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying is that I I would be kind of surprised if Xbox was compatible with Windows in that way. I'm just saying know. it's it's if if I had to if I had to 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 spitball at a board and say which company is going to preserve it for longer, I'm going to say Xbox. But here we are with Nintendo being the the king of the race. So I've actually only mm-hmm. been buying Switch games since I learned about that. I've only bought PS4 games that I knew that I wanted now. Yeah, so right, totally. Um yeah, I mean my thing with it right now is I it, right, I don't think that they're going to fix it. Um and so I'm going to kind of continue doing what I've always done, which is like if a game is PS5 exclusive and I want to play it, I'll buy it, you know, but uh but you know, I I I prefer PC whenever I can. I'm the opposite. Well, the hard asterisk there. Um I'm definitely a PC person when it comes to anything involving like quick twitch targeting and aiming and shit like that. So first person, third person shooters, I have to have a mouse and keyboard. Um but everything else I've I've kind of just switched the mindset of I like owning my games. So I want them on my shelf. It's true. Yeah. It it is it yeah. It it is uh what what's the word when you do one thing that's like antithetical to the rest of what you believe in or the rest of what you do. I don't know, but that's it with me and Steam is that uh when you know, I my even though I love, you know, uh owning all my games physically and that kind of thing, um if a game is on PC, PC is the is usually the number one place that I want to play it, and if I'm playing it on PC, I go to Steam first, right? Which is very, it, you know, it's it's not, it doesn't line up with the rest of what I do, but I don't know, man. I, I really like I, Steam. I've been fucked over doing that once, uh, for sure, though, and it's a shame because the game actually, like, mechanically felt like it would have been really good. Um, and that's Wolfenstein, the the new order. I think that's the first of the the three reboot games that they were, the new Wolfenstein games. Um, ran like dog shit on my GPU. Everyone yep. online from the year 2012 and onwards about that game uh, said any new generation GPU after that time has so much trouble running that game. Um, hmm. At least if it was AMD. I don't know if NVIDIA cards had trouble, but either way, 
the only way to play that game in my situation at that time was to say fuck my progress and just buy it on xbox 360 i didn't have a 360 at the time so i didn't have a choice so i had to wade through that goddamn game and i wish that i had bought that on 360 and it left such a bad taste in my mouth and also there were some other things about that game i really didn't like but i didn't continue on which is a shame because i actually do want to get into the wolfenstein universe Yeah, that sounds bizarre. Um, yeah, the thing about Steam is that, like, well, people love to quote Gaben in what he said, that piracy is always a service issue. Which right? is a lovely quote. I, I love that. Lovely quote. And the reason that I bring it up is because the only reason that, that anyone would be against what I say of, like, I go to Steam first for all my games is because Steam is DRM. But Steam is also a lovely service. Yeah, it really uh, is. is like partly it's a lovely service because of its popularity and so it's got most of what you want to find on it and also they are well known for having a lot of sales and stuff but hey other companies do that too now uh it's easy to find a lot of stuff on gog gog has a lot of sales and fanatical right here's the thing that steam does that i feel like a lot of people don't talk about though um is that uh well first first i'll talk about like my nostalgia with it which is that did you play PC games before Steam ever? Yes. It was the worst for like for convenience. Uh Why as do you far say as because of product keys and uh you know back then when your other things were your play you know your PlayStation 2, right? Versus playing a game on PS2 on on PC you had to have a product key, you had to spend forever installing the game and it took up a bunch of space on your hard drive. Uh, and then even though it took up a bunch of space on your hard drive, you still had the disc had to have the disc in the in mm. the computer to authenticate um right all that shit uh gaming on pc had was felt very frustrating because of that sometimes i I would say that was definitely a pain in the ass and i can see where exactly where you're coming from where steam streamlines that and makes it so much better than it used to be um but that was it was a one and done for the most part um a lot of times you didn't even need to have the cd of the game in but i that is one thing i don't like i I would say when I go to Goodwill and see a bunch of PC games, especially big box PC games that look cool, that that they're in good condition and everything, and they're cheap, I'd pick them up, but there's a product key in there a lot of the times. And a lot of the times, there's no reason for me to get that because that game is now permanently tied to someone who I have no way of contacting in order to play it. Yeah. So. So... The other thing, too, is, like, patches, right? Like, like, let's say a game needed to be patched. You had to, like, find the patch on the internet oh, yeah, and yeah. download it and all that. So then comes Steam, where you purchase a game and it installs it. It, it downloads it and installs it at the same time. I'm sorry. You were is, just saying that. I was like, you were saying you had to look at look the patch online. You had to go into a website, and I'm just going... Oh, those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now it's like, uh, you know, a game downloads and installs at the same time. Uh, and then, like, it, it, it would keep it updated with patches automatically and that kind of thing. Uh, and so Steam, like, totally changed PC gaming, right? Uh, making it much, much more convenient. For the way now, better. Here's what they do now, though, is... 
I really like to play games with either with a or I, I really like to play games with a uh, Nintendo Switch Pro controller. That's like mm-hmm. my controller that I like to use. And if a game uh, recently games have been much better about this, but there is a very, very large amount of games that only recognize an X input controller, which is a Xbox yes. controller. And does not recognize a direct input controller, which is either a DualShock or a uh, Switch Pro controller. Steam has a built-in feature that makes it work. If you play a game that only accepts X input, Steam has, as a function of playing the game through Steam, makes a direct input controller work. Because Steam recognizes the controller and passes it through into X input into the game. That's amazing. You used to have to download the shittiest, most, uh, like, uh, uh, computer virus-seeming program. <laughs> there was this fucking program called Motion Enjoy uh, <laughs> that, I, that I used to have to use to, um, to use a DualShock 3 uh for Dude, my that sounds like the the software disc to a piece of software written for windows 98 on how you have to use a data or midi output port to have a vibrator work <laughs> so I, I i used to use this motion enjoy program to get a dualshock 3 to work on my pc uh, and it, man, it was just the, sh- it was like this window that you had to have oh, yep. open. It had fucking banner ads on it and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it was awful, but like, it was the only way to do it. You know, at, at one point I had to stop though. Cause at one point they actually updated the program to start ha- or like the Google ads that they were using changed to become video ads. And then every time that it had to load a new oh, video, Jesus. Ad, it, would just, <laughs> it would just fucking freeze. So, uh, so yeah, then Steam, Steam is the that's the program though where if I'm using that, I can just use whatever controller I want and it works, you know. So stuff like that is like Steam is still integrating features that actually make it a service and not DRM, you know what I mean? I've had um, I've had bad luck sometimes with that function though. I I've had uh in fact, I actually sometimes it's finicky. Yeah, I gave up on Tekken because my whole like my whole crew was telling me, "Dude, you got to use a PlayStation Four controller for Tekken. It's just that kind of game." So I did it, and like all my buttons did the wrong things, uh, but they did something, and most of the things that they did wrong looked close to the right thing. <laughs> so for like I guess two or three matches, I was just eating shit in Tekken, and I couldn't figure out why. And they're like well, you're not doing this. And I'm like, I've been doing that the whole fucking time. And then they're like, do it right now. And it was that Portal 2 moment where you start the game. And it was like, hit spacebar to enjoy art. And then you hit it and you just jump or whatever. <laughs> the car- the game makes fun of you for jumping. <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah it, God, Portal 2 is good. It's fantastic. Um, but, th- but then the other time I did it, it did mm-hmm. work. So it worked with Tekken the next time I did it. So it is finicky. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, right. Sometimes it takes a few launches of a game. You yeah. know, if if you're friends with me on Steam and you ever see me launch a game like six times in a row, I'm probably <laughs> fucking with the controller. Uh, but yeah. Um, it uh, anyway. Point is though, stuff like that, like really, 
keeps me on Steam. Uh, yeah, there's not a service I that you it. can really compare it to, uh, unfortunately. Uh, well, I say unfortunately because it kind of makes it almost a monopoly. I was talking to this about this the other day. is because like I, I say I, I am surprised at how much I prefer Steam and love Steam as a service, despite it basically being a monopoly. Because no matter what, no one has positive thoughts when someone hears Epic Game Store or fucking yeah. EA Origin or Uplay or Games for Windows Live. No one has any. It's another thing that they have to go, God fucking damn it, close that and then put the shit in this folder and then put the shortcut here. And now we have the Steam overlay and you can just ignore mm. that other thing now. <laughs> So there are several reasons for that, though. Like the thing about Uplay and Origin, uh, at least for me, is that those are company specific. And by yes, company, sorry, I mean publisher. Uh, you know, mm. so so EA wants you to go through their thing yeah. because they're big enough to make you do that. You know, uh, while a smaller company couldn't. Um, so it's just kind of annoying, right? Because it's like they're just. Uh, they're they're just doing it so that they can have more control uh, because they are big enough to be able to. Um, yeah. But then Epic is okay. So Epic wants to actually compete with Steam as like a glo more global platform, right? Um, and yeah, the problem with Epic is that they they don't have the features that Steam has. They they have an objectively worse storefront, you know. <laughs> Uh, as far as as far as how it works for when you use it, uh, and then on top of that, on top of that, also just the way that they're, you know, trying to bully their way on top, uh, just by throwing cash around for exclusives. You know, it's that thing where it's like it wouldn't be annoying if their service was as good as Steam's, but it's not. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what makes it frustrating and what makes them kind of appear to be the bad guy. Epic is that's the company that made Fortnite, right? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Now it makes sense that they're competing because they have that kind of money now. Exactly right. It's um, amazing how many people actually play Fortnite, though. Holy fuck! That is man, a I, huge game. My nephew won't quit talking about it now. Uh, I, I, you know, he was talking about Fortnite last time I saw him so much that at some point I was just like, yeah, you know, Fortnite, I'm just not really interested in that game. You know, like I, I kind of said it that way. And after that, oh man, he didn't say another sentence to me that didn't have to do with Fortnite for oh. the rest of the night. It was just, <laughs> it all, it was like he was trying to convince me otherwise, but I don't know. It's, yeah, it, you, it was, you have uh, to be converted. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> yeah, I... I mean, I played PUBG one time. I downloaded mm -hmm. it for me and Fiddle to play together. We played one time. The game was a slideshow for 10 minutes, and I said, fuck you, and got my money back immediately. Um, and, mm. and I'm not even saying that because th that's why. I'm saying because, in general, I do not like games that where if you're bad at it, you die first you have to wait a long time before you can play again like like counter-strike yeah. you know counter-strike is quick enough to where it always got away with that for me because you know a match is over in two minutes if you know what you're doing but uh but a game where it's like 60 people and you have to wait for there to be one left fuck that yeah i hear you um yeah you know i've never played either of them actually like i remember when PUBG got really popular uh i saw it you know and um 
what I always thought about PUBG uh, was that it looked like a game where you ran around not seeing anyone for like 30 minutes, you know, just running around a big empty map with nobody in it and you'd pick up a couple things and then all of a sudden you get shot and you'd be like, "What? where the hell did that come from? And then you get shot again and you were dead. Yep. And like that, and that's what it all, like, cause I watched people stream it. Right. And that's always what it was, was running around, not seeing anyone for 30 minutes and then dying and being confused about why you died. Yeah. Right. So I never played it. Uh, and then I saw Fortnite and well, I, I actually kind of avoided Fortnite for a long time, but then when I got my nephew a switch and now he's playing it all the time, I ended up seeing a bit of gameplay of it and was just like, Oh, this looks this looks real dumb, and also, <laughs> and also, I now like I, I've heard that like so many people are super into it and stream it a lot, and now I'm realizing that like if you're like a 30 year old who streams Fortnite all the time, you're like you're playing against seven year olds, yeah, <laughs> most yeah. of the time, <laughs> like, for sure. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> but you know, and that doesn't even get into like the whole you know the way that like the game does its monetary economy and stuff which i'm not into so yeah it's just not something i've ever fucked with no it's just it, it's in general i've always just avoided games that like ha have a real painful way of punishing you if you're bad and do it very harsh right off the bat um it's and yet i say that i'm in a fighting games but fighting games you can fight someone else who's of an equal skill level than you and it'll do just fine <laughs> And you can yeah, mash yeah, yeah. too. If you don't know how, if if you don't know how to fight against someone who's mashing, the uh, the most novice player can beat you. So there's that. But Fortnite is like it's it's always been this weird thing where it's like okay, this is just PUBG but cartoony, and people are juggling like sheds and, and buildings in their hands and ladders and shit, and they're building things at lightning speed. And it's like, what is this supposed to be? <laughs> what is it a is it a camping game or is it an action fighting game cuz it's like a building survival game that happens in 10 seconds flat it's whatever you can play it however you want man it's your own experience i've heard that you can just sit around and fish in that game apparently so oh you know. I, I thought every match was like you know at least there's a couple sweaty tryhards at some point and they just make it oh, so yeah. you have to play a certain way in order to even get ahead well, I imagine the map is big enough where that doesn't become an issue until later, right? You can sit there and fish, and then, okay, now everyone has to go to the middle, and then the sweaty tryhards win. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, there's this, I guess that's just going to be one of those games where it's like, man, my dear, we played Donkey Kong and Super Mario Brothers, and we had yeah. Centipede, and that's all I need. <laughs> it's really, it, it's it's pretty weird to me that Fortnite is like the biggest thing ever, uh, just because like it, it, I, it's the first time where I totally don't get it, you know? Well, I because they kind of did a really good job of trying to put it on every fucking thing that it could be played on. So yeah, I get that. It's access. But, like, you know, Call of Duty used to be the biggest thing ever, and I at least got it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I guess I guess Fortnite isn't too much of a stretch away from Call of Duty, but, eh, you know. I, I, you know, I never really played Call of Duty either, though. That that whole area has just kind of oh, not... Oh, I did, thing. actually. I played a fuck ton of Call of Duty, but, like, I saw, <laughs> I saw what that was developing into, like, the community mm -hmm. around me. 
Um, I played a lot of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which is kind of Call of Duty 4 Modern, Modern yep. Warfare. So the one that just got remade. So it was a little while ago, um, and it was one of the most realistic, cool, cinematic, dramatic, like single-player shooting experiences you could imagine. They did a fantastic job at that. That, that yeah, is yeah. just one game that gets your adrenaline rushing in a in a single-player mode so well. Um, but, mm-hmm. but, but the and, game, the, and the online multiplayer was a thousand times even better and more fun than that. So I played it yeah. so much, but like eventually it, it got, it got to be where like people were making up their own custom game modes, like zombies and whatnot. Cause you know, they did that back in the halo two days and they, it, it got to the point where it became black ops. And, uh, I tried playing black ops. I tried playing black ops two and all this stuff. And mind you, this was a five minute introduction play. I didn't really give it any serious thought, but it felt it, it felt like someone had turned the turbo button on on Call of Duty 4, which was already an insanely fast-paced game. So mm. it just didn't work for me because it was like it was one of those things where, man, okay, so you can start a match, look up with your knife throwing weapon, throw it, and then if there's a if you know where to aim that, you're gonna spawn camp the other person. Dude, it's one I of remember those seeing YouTube videos of that. Yeah, People it, just knowing right where to throw a knife at the start of a match and almost always get a kill. I think my roommate did it. Yeah, I had a roommate at the time who was really into Call of Duty, and I'm pretty sure that was his thing, was just knowing right where to toss a knife at the very start. Nine times out of ten, you'd get someone. And it, Yeah, but it's like you die to that, and it's like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So you, there'd be like ten times the bullshit. Uh, you know, It would have its own meta of bullshit in the game. Like in, the, in COD 4, there was uh, a perk called Martyrdom, which everyone fucking hated. Everyone who had Martyrdom. Because all that is, is you lose a slot or an active like good thing to have in the game. You sacrifice it to have a grenade dropped the instant you die automatically. Mm-hmm. So that makes it an area everyone has to clear out of or else you get a kill after death. And it's just, it's scrubby shit like that. But I feel like the scrubbiness got turned up to 10 after after Black Ops and all that stuff. Yeah, and there's a lot of other scrubby shit too. Uh, like just the fact that the games are specifically made to try to balance out players. As in like the spawn points are intentionally shitty to make sure that every once in a while you're going to spawn behind someone and you get a free kill, you know, so that nobody is going zero and 12. You're at least going to go one and 12. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that they intentionally are like, we're going to make the spawn points shitty. I'm saying they never fixed them because that's like a part of Call of Duty is that sometimes you sometimes the bullshit's in your favor and then and then you at least feel at least okay. Yeah. And then there was that other thing that we don't even get into again. The whole do you remember when uh, Activision patented the system of like of like selling uh, of like matchmaking you with players that had bought things that you hadn't. No, what? <laughs> Activision oh, had like a patent out about how to matchmake in Call of Duty to make sure that players who uh, did not spend money in game would be matched with players who did. Uh, like, like, oh man, it was re- it was real slimy when That's you shitty. when you got deep into it. But it was things like, um. When someone killed you with a certain gun, 
that they had to pay for, it would say it on screen. Oh, you know, this person killed you with this thing that you haven't bought, you know, <laughs> and then it would like track whether or not that player would then go make a purchase oh. and it would use this data to like in the matchmaking. Oh, Christ, that's terrible. Which yeah, game like, is this? I- well, so I don't know if this was ever actually in a game, oh. but it was a patent. It, it was an Activision patent. God that, damn it. Uh, well, Activision's like, like out of business now, aren't they? No. Oh, no, no. Oh, never no. mind. I'm thinking Midway. Hang on. Yeah, yeah it's Midway. A- like a- Activision, I don't think they're doing as well as they were when Call of Duty was the biggest game ever, but they're still like the, one of the biggest publishers. Yeah. Um, and because like Call, Call of Duty is still doing well. And like you said, I got call of duty but like once i once i got back into the battlefield series i was like i don't need call of duty anymore there's nothing fulfilling my need that battlefield isn't and it was always way more in-depth with vehicle combat bigger maps Mm -hmm. uh more intricate weapon um well so you could customize the fuck out of a weapon in call of duty but like the class system in in uh in battlefield was always cool and it was neat how they let you customize your kit as that class so there was like 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 almost like this mmo style like character class uh level tree where if you have uh, this item and you unlock this item and use these two items together you can be this almost other kind of like recon class or whatever it it was cool to do that like there was a you could be a recon character who you know that's the sniper class quote unquote so everyone expects you to be a sniper but a lot of people will just opt for an smg or a shotgun and specialize in getting that little like radar ball and they throw that in close hostile territory so that everyone else knows where all the enemies are it's like simple shit like that was cool to play with it's like the final fantasy 5 class system of first person shooter games yeah yeah plus battlefield had you mentioned vehicles, vehicles which also yeah. came with like destructible environments and that yeah kind of yeah stuff. once they had um, that game engine where you could blow up like actual terrain and and mm-hmm. just like there are buildings in a city map that you can level if you mm-hmm. go to certain parts of it and blow their supports out it's really yeah awesome. yeah I never got into these games, but I had a roommate that was very into them, as I mentioned, and and I I always thought Battlefield seemed a lot cooler of the two franchises. Particularly, I remember Battlefield Bad Company 2. Rick. That one seemed like the peak. Uh, as far as far as all these games that I've ever seen in my life, I it feel like that was the was, one that was like it was up like when battle when Bad Company Two was the Battlefield game to play, it was the best Battlefield. Um, mm-hmm. but like not enough people played it. Uh, like I guess this was still yeah. This is EA. This is a EA property. So EA mm-hmm. back then was being EA and like. Oh, hey, do you want Battlefield Bad Company 2 Vietnam? You get these cool helicopters. You get these cool weapons that you'd never have anywhere else. Um, But then they did the thing like, you know what? It's kind of an opposite point to what you just said with uh, Activision's patented matchmaking system. Because those weapons and those vehicles were only in the maps that were in that DLC pack. What if they had let you take the weapons? I thought the Vietnam one even had like its own 
its own matchmaking. Uh, like it, 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 it was like a it might expansion have, yeah. pack. And they had done that with Battlefield 2, so I get why they did that as well. Um, each expansion mm-hmm. pack had its own matchmaking because they didn't have a way to separately sort out who had the right content and who didn't, I guess. But, um, but, but it's still... It sucked because the way that that was structured, nobody bought Vietnam. Nobody bought that other like SWAT, I guess, version. I think they made, and and because of it, you if you did, you were fucked. Battlefield Two is an online game, and if if you can't find any servers with anyone playing on them, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember the SWAT one that you're talking about, but my roommates definitely got the Vietnam one and played it. I think I might be thinking of two. It was like Special Forces Two, I think. Okay, I, yeah. I had that personally, and that was fun, but. Man, Battlefield 2 is a... See, it It all started with Halo for me, man. I was a console gamer through and through, and then I got the Xbox, and then I got Halo, and then I learned about Battlefield 2 Modern Combat on Xbox, which was just a really gimped, kind of shitty, but still insanely fun version of Battlefield 2 on the console. Mm-hmm. It was actually an entirely different game. It had a like, different physics system, too. It was, it, it was still definitely a Battlefield game, but it made it so, like... I think it was the first game I played where you had a reticle, you know, you're firing a reticle, and the actual, like, machine operation of your gun would have a little white transparent circle that would, with the spread, would just get bigger inside the oh, center. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you could actually see uh, the effect of your accuracy going down depending on what position you're in, prone, crouching, or standing, your accuracy degrading with recoil. Really cool mm-hmm. mechanics like that, like, on the first Xbox made me go, this is cool. These are the games I want to play. These are I will spend hours and hours playing just these types of games. So I, I got a PC and got Battlefield 2, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Battlefield 3, I would say, is the peak, though. 4 is good. The graphics are just a slight upgrade, but EA being EA, it feels like they just reskinned Battlefield 3 and added features. Yeah, from what I've seen, ever since Battlefield 3, they've all been exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, of course, that's not technically true but like it's that's what it's looked like yeah um yeah um the the vehicles and like the shooting do have a distinctly slightly better feel as they go along and you can tell that the addition of i think it's the dice engine they use now the dice 2.0 like it showed a frostbite yeah is it by dice frostbite okay I think so, yeah. Yeah, the Frostbite engine, I remember distinctly them showing the upgrades in uh, destructible environments, and that's what allowed me to buy Battlefield 4, but like before that, I was just like, this this looks like Battlefield 3. Do you remember uh, uh, Battlefield Hardline, I think it was called? I didn't play it because I heard it was so bad. <laughs> I was scared to play it. Everyone was, Everyone said it was terrible. And on that note, uh, that's about all I got to talk about tonight. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> I thought we had—I thought we had a whole hardline feel here. <laughs> oh no! I just—I look it up and uh, enjoy some gameplay footage of it and some cutscenes from it because uh, it, it, yeah, it was—it was real bad. <laughs> it's all good. Well, uh, yeah, we just had a cool medley of stuff to to talk to or talk about tonight, which it was fun. Um, Definitely talked about things I didn't think we were going to do. Like sea bomb. I love talking about that. We I want some I want an update on that so bad. I know, yeah. Like 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 I want them to fix it and I want to be wrong about them about thinking that they won't. I do too. And hopefully mm-hmm. we can leave on a note of hope for that then. 
All right. Uh, well, guys, I've been Invictus Knox. You can find me on the internet everywhere as Invictus Knox. This is Dash Retro. You can find him on Twitch and Twitter. And uh, check the description here underneath us for all the links for what we're going to post under here to make sure information's relevant and whatnot. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. See ya. See you guys. Bye.